Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about waking up to the subconscious via our nocturnal dreams. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, we'll learn to befriend the unknown and her deep well of wisdom. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. to be learning more about dreams. And today's guests, the Pfeiffer twins, have certainly expanded my horizons. Being identical twins, Carrie and Lindsay Pfeiffer have had the luxury of having their dreams inherently understood by each other. Their experience is unique in that they are not alone in deciphering the mysteries of their dreams. They have a built-in partner, or as some might even say, a built-in soulmate. Frankly, I'm a little jealous. Something I really appreciate about today's guests is that they excel at being inquisitive and asking great questions. Instead of asking, what does this dream mean? We found it more helpful and expansive to ask, how is this dream meaningful? I truly hope that these conversations can encourage us to approach our own dream material with a little less judgment and a little more curiosity. Fear of the subconscious is related to fear of the unknown. And I don't know about you, but I find I'm usually growing the most when I'm regularly pushing the boundaries of my comfort zone. Rainier Marie Rilke writes, quote, How should we be able to forget those ancient myths that are at the beginning of all peoples? The myths about dragons that at the last moment turn into princesses. Perhaps all the dragons of our lives are princesses who are only waiting to see us once beautiful and brave. Perhaps everything terrible is in its deepest being something helpless that wants help from us. This passage echoes a sentiment my guests will speak to, which is the empowerment that comes with learning to face even the scarier aspects of our dreams and indeed ourselves. This approach stems from a sense of cultivating trust in oneself and that all aspects of our psyche can be useful and healing if we can learn to tolerate our anxiety and uncertainty enough to investigate them. I hope you enjoy our conversation and that it inspires you as it has me. But first, let's learn about an A-list dream. On the pilot episode with Michael, we talked about how Paul McCartney was visited in a dream by his mother, Mary, who had passed away. Her words of wisdom, let it be, became his inspiration for the song. However, Michael also mentioned the song Yesterday, and it turns out this song was inspired by a dream as well. This time, the melody came to Paul McCartney in a dream. 
he woke up, stumbled to the piano, and played the chords. He assumed it was based on an old jazz standard and began asking around to see if the melody already existed. It took him another year and a half to finish the song, the placeholder lyric being scrambled eggs. He ended up finishing the lyrics while on vacation, which means that both the melody and the lyrics came to him during times of rest. I love this sentiment because something I'm learning about in my own creative process is that cultivating mental calmness and quiet invites receptivity. Receptivity is the space where creative magic can happen. However, this doesn't come naturally for most of us. Our minds are so busy and we talk all the time about how we wish things could be different, wanting and seeking guidance. But how often do we actually stop and take the time to just listen? One of my favorite writers and tarot teachers, Jessica Dore, says that life is dialogue, not monologue. We can cultivate our intuition through equal parts speaking and listening. One of my favorite ways to listen has become my morning meditation and tarot practice. I won't lie, this used to be a chore. But during the forced solitude of the pandemic, it eventually became a practice that I couldn't live without. Each morning when I pull cards, I invite a message. Sometimes I guide it with a specific question or concern, but most often I sit back and just receive. Just as Paul's mother wisely reminded him to let it be, remembering to regularly receive can be healing in and of itself. In the recent documentary, 321, producer Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney end the series by talking about yesterday. Paul McCartney says, after telling the story of his dream, that when people ask him if he believes in magic, he says, yes, because I have to. Now, on to my guests, the Pfeiffer Twins. Welcome to Psyche Magic. So I am here with the Pfeiffer Twins, and we are going to be talking today about twin dreams. So I would love it if you two fabulous ladies could introduce yourselves and then we'll get started. Yeah, so I'm Carrie Pfeiffer, um, one half of the twins. And um, I'm Lindsay Pfeiffer, the other half of we're, us. <laughs> we're obviously both 37 years old. Nice. Born, on the, born on the same day, which a lot of people ask, wait, are you born on the same day? Yes. yes. We're <laughs> twins. So we're yeah. Twins. We are identical twins. We have the same genetics. Yeah. So we're monozygotic. Um, and you know, we've been having very similar dreams for at probably at least 10 years that we know of, but probably wow. longer than that. And we both have degrees in psychology. And so this has just been a topic that's interested us for a really long time. And we're excited to be able to share it with the world because I think this is something that, you know, a lot of people have questions about twins and they think twins are like odd and just like people don't They're get fascinated. it. They're fascinated. Fascinated with twins. And this is one aspect 
that is certainly fascinating. And I think we're really good people to, to share it with. And it's, and it's a relatable topic because everybody dreams. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And what's so cool about this is that, like you said, you both also have this background in psychology. Mm -hmm. So not only are we talking about dreams, but we're talking about the psyche and the way that dreams affect us on a daily basis. Um, And as twins, you do have a really unique perspective into that. What I would love to hear first is for you two to give us kind of maybe a couple of key dreams. So tell us the story of a couple of dreams that you have realized were identical, were the same, and just kind of walk us through like what those dreams were. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I don't know that everybody has recurring dreams or recurring themes in their dreams, but certainly we have themes that we dream about very often. And at first, like we didn't know that we both dreamt the same themes. Um, But some of the themes that we have are, and they're so crazy. We have these, what we call anxiety dreams, where when you have the dream, it just gives you anxiety. You feel anxious. You feel uneasy. It's not comfortable. It's not that it's scary, but it's like, it just makes you feel um, tense, stressful. So, you know, we have these weird ones with fish tanks that like there's a fish tank and it's running out of water yeah. and the fish are so are running out of water and they can't breathe because there's no water in the so tank. I, or the tank is like overflowing with water or there's a cat hold in on. the fish tank. So how did we discover that we both have anxiety dreams about fish tanks though? I believe I, Carrie, one morning, you know, we've lived together for a really long time. So as you do in the morning, as you're making breakfast, sometimes you say to the person you live with, man, I had the weirdest dream last night. Um, and I think I had said, like, I had said that I have this recurring dream that feels really anxious and stressful to me. And I was telling her that it involves fish tanks where you, there's just fish and they're gasping for air. And so I have to, put, I have to rush and put more water in it. Um, and then you said something like, what color are the fish? And I was like, they're usually dark colored. Like, I don't remember what I said, but, (laughs) um, and then, um, and then, and then you said something like, and then I was like, okay, this is going to sound crazy, but are there, is there ever a cat swimming in the fish tank? And she was was like, like, yes. "Yes." And I was like, but wait, wait, you don't panic that there's a cat in the fish tank because you just rationalize they, it by going oh, oh it's, it's a, a, it's a, water, it's a cat. water cat it's a water, it's a water cat. cat it's just it a cat breathe. that lives in a fish tank like naturally no. <laughs> and we're like where does this sh- can we swear on this podcast? oh of course we're like where does this shit i don't come from well we had a fish tank <laughs> in i was gonna say tank. are there are there any associations for you yeah, guys yes. we had a fish tank in our in our, our entire childhood we had really in our bedroom and we've had many cats and many cats. Yes. But why is my anxiety dream? And I have had this fish tank anxiety dream for years and years, years and years. I, I even have, I literally had a fish tank dream last night. I am not kidding you. <laughs> and it started with fish like 10 years ago. It then evolved to cats in the fish tank. It then evolved over years to not just small fish tanks in a bedroom, but large aquariums. Oh, Museum-sized yeah, yeah. aquariums. Uh-huh. It became sometimes giant like blowfish like a... and sharks that I'd have to Sometimes hoist. they're even like in this, I don't know, like 
Chinatown fish market basement warehouse thing where there are tanks and tanks of fish. It's built an entire room. Yes. Mm -hmm. So and the symbol is literally growing like in magnitude and size. This is a fish tank dream where I then, it became an ocean. Well, so last night, I kid you not, I had a fish tank dream and it started as, as usual with the fish. I'm having to keep the fish alive uh, <laughs> as the water is getting lower and then the water pools over and the fish are falling out of the tank. I have to put them back in the tank, but then it wasn't fish. It was Lindsay's two stepdaughters. Oh God. In the tank. Oh God. And one of them had no body. It was just a head. Oh, Jesus but they were fine because, because water they children. were water children. <laughs> uh, it's just, it evolves. Yes. And what's interesting to me about this dream is that obviously it's fun to look at dreams in terms of multiple layers of symbolism, right? So there's your association to having the fish tanks as a child and that yeah. being something that was a part of your shared world. Mm -hmm. And then it's interesting to also look at kind of the classical symbolism of water in dreams. Water as as an element is often associated with emotions and the feminine aspects of life, receptivity, going with the flow. Um, and so to have that element as part of your shared psyche, I think is also interesting. I think you bring up a, a, a good point of those shared, those shared symbols of, of water, but I think Carrie and I also have a lot of air in our, in our dreams where we are flying. And I think everybody has flying dreams, but, um, yeah, I think everyone wishes they could have flying dreams because they're amazing. <laughs> dreams all and, uh, we've talked about flying dreams and I think people have different styles. I think like maybe I'm projecting here, but I think maybe some people have to get a running start and then fly in their dreams. Some people have wings. Some people can fly higher than the sky out of earth's atmosphere into the stars we For tend me, to like stop, stop at, at the, the clouds or the the like electrical lines if i get like to the clouds really i feel fear um but most of the time i i fly to escape a bad male right. figure it's always a bad male figure that i'm trying to escape from i always don't, i don't really yes. fly so you, so you yeah. both share this same theme as well Oh, oh yes. Always bad men. Bad men breaking into the house that we grew up in. Um, and then you have to escape through the window. Through your bedroom window. Through my old bedroom window. Um, my, my, you can't escape through my bedroom though, because. No, it's always it's my window. But my mm -hmm. bedroom is haunted. Yeah. We have this like recurring thing where, oh, oh do we dream about. <laughs> Tell me ever, about this. You ever dream about our old house and it's like, yeah. And then. And then Carrie will be like, what are your feelings on my old bedroom closet? And I'm like, oh, it's creepy and it's haunted or something. But, but it wasn't. It was like, never creepy and haunted in real life. Yeah. Just in my dreams, for some reason, every time I dream about our old childhood house, my bedroom has a demon in it. Not a demon, but just it's some, haunted something in the closet and you can't go in. Dark. And like, There's a, yeah, it's negative. It's a presence. Negative my yeah. bedroom. Her bedroom is okay. But then it's like, did we ever have anybody break into the house ever? No. no. Did we ever um, escape from anything out my window? No. no. Did your closet growing up ever have a creepy vibe? No. no. You know, like, yet we share this exact <laughs> same imagery. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it brings up the whole nature nurture conversation. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, our nature is pretty much identical. Our nurture growing up was pretty much identical and really where we've only diverted, I guess, in our lives is, is as adults, like I'd say around our Mm thirties because our twenties, we lived in the same house, usually had the same jobs and friends, college. That was pretty much all the same. So it really wasn't until our thirties that we got our own places to live. And like, I have kids now and she doesn't. And so I think if we had another deep conversation about what our dreams are now, they would probably be more different now than they've ever been. And I would say, like for me, this is Lindsay speaking. I have kids now and I've had a baby and I dream a lot more about like being pregnant and giving birth and like family a lot more. Like last night I had a horrible dream that I was pregnant again and I gave birth to a stillborn baby and it was awful. And it like, I woke up feeling upset about it. But you both had anxiety dreams last night. Yeah. Well, that's with, typical. I mean, <laughs> it's like for us, pretty often. <laughs> I literally dreamt that your two stepchildren were in a fish tank. One of them had no body. Clara was just ahead. Yeah. And mine was nine months pregnant, went to go give birth last night wow. and baby died while I was giving birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Harrowing imagery all around. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're not, we, we are not anxious people on the whole, I would say we have not had, you know, trauma uh, in our lives. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, where these things come from is, is really, mm-hmm. I mean, I just think that like, obviously we have the same nature. We have very similar nurture growing up, but I think, I think people's dreams are fueled at least partly by your fears. What are you afraid of? What don't you want to ever happen or deal with in real life in consciousness? And it shows up. Um, and so I think she and I do have a lot of the same fears we have the same values. So all the good, all the bad that is like deep inside of our souls or whatever you want to call it is very similar. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think we yeah. have a lot of the same dreams. We're not psychic. I can't read her mind right now, but there is some type of psychic type connection in that we have something that is extra that I think singletons don't have. That's what we we call you people. Oh, there, this is, this is well, well documented in research that there is almost this kind of extrasensory connection that twins maintain throughout their lifetime, whether or not they are in contact, which I also think is fascinating. People, when they think of what psychic means, they're like, oh, what's she thinking right now? It's like, what color is she thinking of right now? Like, I don't know, but I can say, well, I do know what she's thinking in general right now, because it's the same thing that I'm thinking because we are on the same wavelength. Yes, Yes. exactly. It's, It's a little bit more broad, but mm-hmm. the connection is the part that is important. Right. Yeah. Well, and I want to go back to what you guys were saying about your dreams and especially fears being connected to the value system, because a lot of what I'm learning about dreams and the way that dreams function is that there are theories that say that 
part of why we dream the way that we do is that our, our psyche, our subconscious is trying to enact and prepare us for often the worst case scenario that we can imagine, right? In a dream sequence, I can enact this, this possibility without getting, you know, emotionally flooded or overwhelmed because I'm dreaming. So I can practice that. I can play. It's like play or rehearsing. You're like, yes, something and there's no play it out. It's not real. It's fake. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think you're referring to Carl Jung with that. Um, because my main man, yeah, because (laughs) you know, he said, I was talking to Lindsay about this earlier, but yeah, like Freud was all about, oh, your dreams are only about expressing your unconscious desires. And he completely neglected like people's conscious desires and what we we really think of every day. And then Jung was like, nah, nah, there's, you have to incorporate the conscious. So if there's things going on consciously in your life that you are thinking about and you are actively worried about, but you just can't deal with it in real life or you don't know how to deal with it in real life, you can deal with it in your dreams. Mm Um, and so your dreams do serve that purpose. Mm-hmm. If you have a fear as a, as a mother about protecting mm-hmm. your children and, and fears about childbirth, mm-hmm. your dreams are going to present you the worst possible case scenario. Your baby comes out stillborn or, or, or worse, your baby's a demon, whatever you have nightmared. And if you can deal with it in that dream, it's preparing you to better deal with it when it hits you in real life. Well, for me, it's like, when you wake up and you're like, oh my God, how did I dream such a fucked up dream? Yeah, how did my mind come up with this? How did I come up with this? Am I sick? Am I a sick person that I came up with this? And what I tell myself is like, no, you're not sick. That was was your mind testing you, saying, let me show you the most horrific thing and let's see how you react to it. And if you wake up feeling gross and disturbed by it, good. You're normal. You're healthy. Cause that was supposed to disturb you. But if you woke up and you're like, that was a cool dream when I cut off somebody's leg and ate it, you know, like some fucking crazy dream, like mm-hmm. then, then you kind of failed the test, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, well, I, I don't know about you two, but for me, um, I had a huge turning point when I started viewing dreams as symbolic rather than taking that, being tempted to take them so literally, right? So for for the example that you just gave, if I have a dream where I do something violent, of course our first thought is gonna be, oh no, am I secretly a violent person? What does this mean? But what could that sort of outburst symbolize in terms of what I might be feeling or what I might be going through? Um, That was something that was really helpful for me. And it sounds like you two have, done some research and that you are um on the same type of wavelength yeah yeah absolutely on that note we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back another one that we have um that is very similar we've had for years is the mountain lion dream oh yeah um a number of years ago a number of years cats again Oh yeah. I don't know. We love cats. I don't remember which twin brought it up first, but one of us said something about, do you ever have a recurring dream where a large cat, meaning like a lion or a mountain lion is chasing you and you have to climb up a tree or fly up to a tree and then sort of jump branch to branch to branch. And the, the jaguar or whatever is trying to get you. And we're like, yes, I have that. 
and then it jumps high to try to claw you and it just grazes yeah, your never back actually gets you never gets you but it's, it's um, always a mountain lion or a large cat and you have to go tree to tree a number of years ago mine evolved um, from cats to large grizzly bears and she, no, I haven't didn't. I haven't had those dreams in a long hers time so didn't. I don't remember and her yeah we both had the mountain lions and then mine evolved into grizzly bears and it would be a grizzly bear with her children and it was very scary with her hers never evolved oh, with the, the bears, bears children yes oh, okay. interesting um, <laughs> and mine evolved at a time in my life where I was entering into a depression. She was not. I was in a, yeah. what I now recognize as a toxic relationship that I was toxic at the time. She and I were, were, were on different wavelengths in our lives at that time. And I think that's why mine evolved into a grizzly bear. Like literally, like what's worse than a mountain lion? A grizzly bear. Like let's um, pick this up a notch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's protecting her babies. So she's like extra pissed off. Um, <laughs> a chance <laughs> and there's no trees there's no trees i can't like climb any trees to escape them out like i could with the mountain lion either i'm fucked oh you um, didn't have your same escape route no lost the escape route too and i and that was at a time in my life where it was really reflective of what was going on in my relationship very symbolic fascinating she was not in um so in that way, I think that was an interesting way that we did have the same dream and they yes. diverted. Studying the convergence and the divergence. That's, yeah, it's really that's, interesting. That's that nurture at play, you know, like Definitely. what's going on in our lives environmentally, externally that's going on, you know, because our lives have been very in sync from the beginning. But then again, adulthood, that's where, you know, we have different relationships and different immediate family dynamics right now and mm -hmm. that's where you can see the nurture really affecting all of that and, and changing the dream, dreams yeah and, that's and i remember when i asked her i was like so my my mountain lion dreams evolved into grizzly bears did yours and i was like hoping for a yes because usually when mine changed her change and she was like no they didn't and i was like what <laughs> they're not the same like feeling kind of alone in what? that yeah what? We're, we're at the point, we're at the point where we've known that we've had the same or very, very similar themes and dreams for so long now that like when we say, instead of, instead of being like, Hey, do you have these dreams? It, the sentence will start like, you know, those, you know those dreams that, that we, we have, have where you have those water slides. <laughs> you guys just did the twin thing and it was adorable. Yeah, you know those water dreams slides. where you have, you're in the lake. And or the elevator. Go, oh, the elevators. elevator dreams. Yes. Um, so just, just, <laughs> it doesn't even start with do you have, it's, you know, those dreams we have. Right even if it's a, like a, a dream theme that we haven't discussed before. It's just like, yeah. I'll just, I'll just. Assume innately I have the same one. no. I'm like, well, of course she has dreams about. Oh yeah, the elevator dream. Um, uh -huh. Driving over a, a, a wooden a bridge. Yeah, like a wooden bridge. Train track it's always suspended in the air, it's and you're rickety. like trying not to fall off of yes. it. Yes, elevator dreams. It's it's roller coaster dreams. You know, we've been talking yeah. about anxiety dreams, which sort of have a have broad applications. But then when we even get to the minute details of of dreams that aren't even like an entire dream, but just like this little morsel of a thing, like, 
hey, when, when you have dreams about our old house and you pull out of the dry, our driveway in the dream, do you always head, um, you know, in this direction or do you, are you always driving a stick shift car or, or are you always, it's usually a van or an old junkie 1970s car, you know, or so, like <laughs> something so silly, a silly detail that you think doesn't mean anything. And those things are almost always the same. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Well, and something that, that Carrie touched on was that it sounds like there's been this sense of comfort too, in being able to yeah. share, yeah. share these dreams with I each other. I didn't like when mine changed to a grizzly bear and first didn't <laughs> change with it. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. This not is right. not how it's supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> We're supposed <laughs> to share this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like, you know, my boyfriend now totally different than the relationship of before. Um, you know, once in a while he tells me about his dreams in the morning and I just can't connect to him. I'm like, okay, I'm like, cool. You're like, I have this unique experience where I get to share dreams with my twin. You're boring. It just, it's just not the same being able to share your wacky dream with someone who's like, yes, like, and I know that dream and then, and it, it really is bonding as if we're not bonded enough already, but it, it really is comforting and bonding because it, it's not even that, that even the themes and the things that happen in the dream are the same, but the feelings behind what happens in the dream are the same. So we could be like, Hey, do you have a dream where you're driving on train tracks up in the middle of the air? And, and it's like, yes, she has those dreams. Now, some people could be like, and isn't it so cool and it's fun to drive up in there? But it's like, no, no, no it is not fun. <laughs> the, the feeling anxiety. is always the same behind what we do. It's, it's almost always anxiety. Do you remember <laughs> years ago when you had a dream? Oh, about when one of us moved out and then we were yelling at each yes. other? Yes. Holy <laughs> shit, that's what I was, what I was just thinking of. Okay, tell us this dream. Well, okay, so I think- I never have dreams where I'm mad at you, except for like this once or twice. So okay, I think- She has more. I think this was the day that we realized we had the same dreams. And I think we were in our early 20s and we were driving in the car together and Carrie was like, hey, she calls me Droid. Just don't even get into it. But she calls me Droid. She's like, hey, Droid, I had the weirdest- um, dream the other night and it ended up being like two nights prior and she was like I dreamt that I was what you were yelling at me we had yeah. that that you moved I, out I moved out or somehow like we, one of us was living in living in this dinky ass shitty apartment and there were just a lot of hard feelings cardboard boxes mishmash of stuff it was but you were living together at the time in real yeah, life the time in real life but in this dream one of, one us, of us moved, moved out. out. It was in this cramped city apartment, and and you were I yelling yelled at, at you, like you yelling like, at me. Fuck you! Like like hate out. and rage at her in this dream, and I woke up like, oh, how that dream was. Awful. And she was like, so while she's telling me the dream, she was like, isn't that strange? And I was like, strange. I had the exact same dream last night, except, except I was yelling at you. I was just about to ask, was it, were you receiving or, or were you also yelling? Yeah. I, I think it was I so was strange because I never have dreams like that. Yeah. And I was like, and it was very like 
uncomfortable. I didn't feel good about it. Yeah. It was like, why am I yelling at you? And it was at that moment they were like, holy shit, we just had the same dream one night apart. And it was a dream that neither of us had ever had before. This was bizarre, yeah. And then that's what sparked a conversation that it was like, well, what What other dreams do you have? And then it was like, do you have anxiety dreams about fish tanks? Yeah. So it was that really nasty one that sparked it. Literally have a list. And that's when we realized, and that was in our early 20s. And then, so it's been, you know, 15 years Mm -hmm. that we've realized we've had the same dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do want to clarify for anyone who's listening, because people do ask, they're like, oh, do you have the exact same dreams on the same night every night? No, no, no. And like you just exemplified, it's not necessarily that you're always having the same dream. Sometimes it's that you're having like a mirror image of the dream. We're like entry dream or something. Yeah, exactly. It's almost, I mean, if people are going to go along with like, well, we were at one point, one ovum that split into two equal halves. Um, if I have a dream where I'm yelling at you, you have the other half of the dream where you're then yelling at me back. It, it's complimentary in that way. Um, we're literally looking at a, one of our, we have a list. We, <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's yeah, about 50 different common themes. Yeah. Great. So looking at a couple of years ago, Carrie was getting her master's in psychology oh. and she was just thinking about, oh, I want to study our experience of twin dreams. And so for like two or three months, we recorded all of our, well, I mean, obviously you can't record your dreams, but we jotted down what well, we could okay. remember and, and kind of informally analyzed them by pulling out the common theme, not common themes, but just recurring themes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm just looking at this list right now of, is this your list or my Theft? list? You can't even tell the difference. I can't even tell the difference because I'm looking at it and that all, says a lot. All of the bullet points. This is fish my, tanks, water slides, um, Granny's house. But um, Granny's house having a darkness and an evilness. Yes, absolutely. Home invasion. Um, rickety wood with the car. Yep. Yes, on the tracks. Have to cross a murky pond with lurking creatures, usually alligators. Yes. Yes. And the water is always brown. You know, like where does this come from? We didn't grow up in Florida with alligators. I know, like, what it kind of like an ancient, like, some of these are like, some of these are dreams that you could have had like hundreds of years ago, and it could have been this exact same. You know what I mean? Like, the alligator, pond, Um, scary animal. I'll say, hey, do you ever have dreams about XYZ? And Carrie will go, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, are you sure? And then I'll give her details, and I'm like, well, there's this you know, it happens at night and you feel this way about it. And, and then I'll start mentioning the details and then a light bulb will go off and she'll be like, oh, oh my shit. God, I do have those dreams. She just didn't remember them initially. Exactly. Oh my God, I it's have deep in there. Just well, like the way that happens in waking life, you'll see something the next day and it sparks yeah, that memory. Yeah, the folder. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's mm. just crazy. I mean, if it fascinates us, and this is our own lives. Exactly. I was talking to Carrie about this because we were we were both looking into any of the research on this subject. There is very little, which is crazy to me. There's that one dissertation that you told me about. That was like the only real text I could find. So Dr. Marjorie Runyon, who I actually talked to on the phone. She's a lovely lady. Back when I was trying to figure out what I'd wanted to do for my master's thesis, ultimately I did not study this, but 
Um, she is an identical twin. She, with a doctorate in psychology, she wrote and uh, do twins dream twin dreams. In short, yes, they do. Uh, empirically, she did a study. Yes, they do. I mean, as empirically as you can study. I mean, she, just, she didn't necessarily answer the question of do tw twins dream the same dreams as each other. Mm -hmm. But her question was, do twins dream different dreams than singletons? They do. They um, much more often have, I don't want to misquote it, but they have different symbols. Um, I think they have more emotional and more personal connections in them than singletons. Huh. Because my life is like, like soul attached to yours. Exactly. Like I live my life knowing that I am like attached via my soul to another human being. And I have since in utero, whereas most other people who are singletons don't, they literally are looking for their soulmate, their, their partner. They're, they're, had our I've had our ones my lives. entire life. Like my life is, it, it is is already complimented by a person. So like- And always has been. And oh, yes, always I, I will be. Any other way. Um, so twin dreams have more soul, have more um, fam familial members show up in their dreams than singletons do. Okay, I'm so glad you reminded me of this. I have this statistic. The statistic from Runyon says that 44% of twin dreams contain the other twin as a character, 44%. Singletons do not dream that frequently of their siblings. Indeed, only 19% of characters in singleton dreams are other family member, like any other family yeah. member. I mean, I, the person who pops up in my dreams the most, are, not my husband, um, it's Carrie. I mean, my, my mom pops up in dreams a lot because we're very close with our mom, but it's definitely Carrie is the most prominent figure in my dreams. By far. And we don't live together anymore. We don't work together. We don't have the same job. Um, I mean, sure, we see each other plenty, but um, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like one of those crystal healing type people, but we are attached by the soul. I don't know what, how else there's to say wrong it. With crystal healing. I was going to say, there's plenty, there's plenty of room for that on this podcast. Don't worry. Person, but um, there's, I don't know how else to say it, but I personally believe like that some type of magic for lack of a better word because it's just not studied enough but there is some type of magic that happens in utero when when all the cells were dividing and everything and we were in there for nine months like something happened that's just what i believe i have zero evidence to support it no it's just your experience but, but it's, it's also one experience. of those things like you this is a magical connection like the people don't understand and it's well, hard to it's almost like the spiritual realm like we we know or some people know or at least believe that there that there is a spiritual realm but you, you can't prove it you can't it, see it you can't see it you can't touch it you can't you know so it's like you might know that it's there or feel that it's there but you can't prove it that's how exactly. like dreams are and twin dreams are it's like we know that there's a, a connection we know that there's something going on but I don't know what it is and I you can't study it. I it's can't. not palpable. It's it's not visible. You can't taste it. You can't smell it. It's I can't record my dream on video and then and then be like analyze oh, yeah. it like exactly. But I'm glad that you two are bringing this up because on this podcast, 
I'm interested in all the different ways of knowing, including but not limited to rational modern science, right? Because there are things that science used to think uh, were not true that then got proven to be true. So it's it's uh, always unfolding. And so the things that we know and experience are equally valid here. I, right. I do hope that years from now, science or, or whatever is the next step beyond science, some type of super science, I don't know. Is it'll be run it, by women, whatever it is. It'll definitely be run absolutely. by women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, that that science or whatever you want to call it will have come up with a way to prove that this is real, that this is not just some made up weird stuff. Um, this is a real phenomenon. Currently, we are struggling to to explain it and prove it in an empirical way. But it doesn't mean it's not there. But it doesn't mean it's not there. Um, it is currently hard to calculate it and measure it. I mean, and we, it. we couldn't see cells what, yeah, exactly we certainly couldn't see atoms but we know that those were there you know mm -hmm. but we didn't know that those were there what in 1850 yeah. or whatever so, <laughs> as of right now i think just what we can best contribute is just our personal story um, and and how we experience it just for us so that people can at least just start to start to begin to understand and appreciate that this is a thing that does happen. It is a phenomenon that exists, although we just don't currently 100% understand it. And that's okay. I mean, so we I, wouldn't yeah. know the things that we know without curiosity. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. That is the birth of invention and of discovery. Yeah. Yes. Science, science is literally asking questions. And tons and tons and most science is asking questions and actually never finding the answer. You just hypothesize, hypothesize, and you're like, well, I, that wasn't proven, but like, I might not again. have found the answer, but I found a hundred ways yeah. to not find the right. answer. Well, and that brought me closer. Let me try again. Let me try again. It's just I'm, constantly asking questions. I don't know that it's this yet, but I know yes. it's not this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And that's I tell I tell people all the time in therapy that if you walk out with more questions than you walked in with, maybe that's okay. Sometimes maybe okay. that's okay. Yeah. So okay. I'd be interested in what other questions maybe people have after hearing this. Because Me too. I yeah, mean, I'm curious. We might have to end up doing like a part two. You know? Yeah, I hope no. that people will comment on this episode and leave us some questions because yeah. I, I think this is going to be news to a lot of people. Oh, it absolutely is. There's, nothing new to me, <laughs> There's no, no doubt in my mind. People don't realize what's going on in twin brains. Yeah. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Did we talk about, I feel like recently we talked about how we both have like a haunted house mm -hmm. recurring yeah. thing. And for me, it's this house and we grew up in this town called Blairstown. And for me, where's my, that? It's oh, in New Jersey. Middle of nowhere, New Jersey. It's nice. Yeah. Rural part of New Jersey. Um, and for me, it's this like huge wooden, dark, convoluted, um, right? convoluted. Yeah, there's like five stories to it, and like okay. I don't, I can, I, I never know where, where the rooms are. It's like how big is this effing house? Um, but it's very haunted, and not in the cool, fun. This is awesome way in a 
this, this feels uncomfortable. I don't want to be here way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where this haunted house is coming from. You know, is it always it, the same house? It's kind of always the same house. And when I have the dream, I'm like, oh man, I'm having this dream again, where I'm at this house. I remember this house. I was, I was here in my dream a year ago, or mm -hmm. I had this dream five years ago or whatever it was. And I, and I go there and, and it's almost like this haunted house is like, every time I go back to it, it's so hard to explain. Like, like I'm going back to it as if like, it's a second attempt, like try again. Yeah. As if it's, like it's sort of the chronological yep. story of this house. Like the first time I had the dream about the house I was moving in. Mm -hmm. The second time I had the second time I had the dream, I was realizing I don't want to live here. The third time I had the dream, it was like I'm moving out. The fourth time I had the dream, it was me going back and being like, Oh, I remember living here mm -hmm. and I remember why I moved out. The fifth time I had the dream, it was like oh shit, I forgot I left my cats here. So his cats, my cats are here and they're hungry, but I don't want to go in the house, but I need to save my cats. And then the last time I went there, there were like these, the ghosts of children there. Like every time I go back, it's like adding Ooh, to the story I as if have, it's a chronological yeah. sequence of events related to I this do haunted have ghosts house. Of children. I do have ghosts of children. What I've done in the past, which has helped me with these dreams, <laughs> I had one where there was a ghost of a child in Granny's house. Uh huh. He was like in the front closet, and he was the reason that Granny's house was haunted. Mm -hmm. I opened the closet and I knelt down and I talked to him. Oh, so I did a similar thing at my haunted house. Stop. <laughs> well, it helped, and now I don't Stop. have dreams no, anymore. No, I did. So when and I, I was like, "Let me help you, little boy." That's <gasps> almost exactly what okay. I did at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here mouth, mouth again. You just so, have to like talk to the ghost. So the last what time I had friends? my haunted house dream, which was probably within the last six months to a year, I had the haunted house dream and ghosts of children mm -hmm. appeared that I'd, I'd never seen them. Yeah, this is just children a random little boy. And I did the same thing. I was like really afraid of them at first. Mm -hmm. And then I sort of rationally told myself in the dream, I'm like, these are children. They are not Scary. They are kids a boy who, died. who died early mm -hmm. and they are not anything to be afraid of. And I talked to them and yeah. I got to know them and I was like, Hey, can I get you something? And he was like, I just want to sleep or something. And I was like, there's your bed or whatever. And mm -hmm. I just like treated them as if they were alive Did and then they weren't really so scary anymore. Yeah. And I haven't had the dream since. So you both worked through whatever this is independently. We basically gave the ghost therapy. That's right. Hey, ghost. Well, instead, like you said, instead of making assumptions and leaning into the fear, you were able to confront what was going on. And what we see in psychology is that with a lot of dream themes, once we have a little bit more um, like authority and autonomy over the dream, and we feel like we have a good handle on the way that we interact in the dream, the theme often mm -hmm. disappears. Yeah. In, in general, and this is not, I think a twin thing, but just me, um, in talking with like past boyfriends who talk about their dreams, they, they have often said that they have dreams and they have no control over what happens in their dreams. I have a lot of control. I have a lot of control. Even sometimes as I'm dreaming, I'll be like, this is a dream. So lucidity, lucid, like, yes. Oh yeah. I have, of lucid of, dreaming. I have yeah. a lot of control in my dreams. I make decisions 
sometimes, not all the time, if something is happening that I really don't like, I can literally be like, this is a dream. Wake up. This scene sucks. I'd rather be somewhere else. Just think of something else. Okay, great. There I am. Yeah. I just, I'm just like, just change it. So I have a lot of consciousness and control in my dreams. And I thought everybody had that. I thought that universal across the board. And then like, I found out just from like boyfriends and stuff that they don't have that. Right. And I was like, well, your dreams sound like they suck. Yeah. Like if I'm having a dream and I'm about to die or something, I can kind of just go, no, no, <laughs> this is not, happening. not, not happening. We're going to change, change this. Uh, yep. I don't like this. Yeah. Um, so that, that is, um, another area of research in lucid dreaming being helpful for people who are dealing with PTSD nightmares, learning how to gain control and change the script. Yeah. Yeah. That's what worked for that wanted dream. I just exactly. changed I want to go back to, you know, we were talking about this haunted house dream and how um, it became less scary, the haunted house, once we realized that there wasn't really anything to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. And I think that hits on a common theme for everyone that what we are all most afraid of is not the dark, it's not heights, it's not public speaking, it's the unknown. You're afraid of what you don't know and what you don't understand, which is why scary movies are always scary because you're like, what's behind the door? You're not afraid of what is behind the door, you're afraid of not knowing what's behind the door. So why these haunted house dreams were so scary was because there was something creepy in the house and I didn't know what it was and I didn't yeah. understand it. And then literally once, opened the closet and it was this little boy and I was like, oh. Once I understood that it was just boy. a bunch of dead children. Yeah. <laughs> Not hanging or anything, you know, they no, weren't just, bloody or just gory. They pale, were just, pale and dead. Just the spirits of kids yeah, who well, passed ghost, away. Ghost boy. Once you realize, <laughs> oh, this isn't anything to be afraid of. And then you're away. And I think we can all relate to that. I mean, for any listeners out there who, who do have lucid dreams and have the type of control that we do in our dreams, next time you have a nightmare or an anxiety dream, that's right. If, if you have that ability, just convince yourself and be like, okay, confront this thing. Just get yeah. right in there and be like, first of all, this is a dream. I know you're not even real. So come at me. And the chances are it'll just be some like little thing that doesn't even matter. And then you have resolved it. It's like your own therapy. I was going to say that those feelings do carry over into our waking life as well. Like gaining more autonomy over our dreams makes us sometimes feel more confident, even in real life situations. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Oh, you guys, y'all are great at this. You guys are definitely coming back on the podcast. I've already, I've already decided I'm going to be, uh, reaching out to you guys for sure you'll agree on and on and on I mean we've only touched on maybe half a dozen but see people there's a there's a misnomer that people aren't interested in dreams and I that is so not true I want to debunk that I'm so fascinated in dreams I am too I always have been we have common twin dreams I just think yeah I think sharing in other people's experiences of of dreams because you can do anything in a dream right they the, the the fantasy of them the 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 realm of ability of what you can do is endless in a dream so it's like well what does your mind create do you go out into space because i don't ever go out into space but you you can Mm -hmm. be an astronaut you can can dive to the bottom of the ocean in a dream 
I don't, but do you? like, where does your brain go? Because I'm curious. Like, what are you getting to experience? What are you doing? Yeah. Cause it does feel so real. I'm starting to realize that I think our dream, like the alphabet language of our dream symbolism is very personal. I really do think it is. I dream about the water and the air, but I don't dream about the earth. I don't dream about dirt, soil, Mm -hmm. the ground. I don't really dream about that. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I know that there are lots of books out there that have dream symbols you know, say, I dreamt about snakes last Trying night. to make it universal. Right. Let me look in the book and see what do snakes mean? And it'll say, well, snakes, snakes mean that you're sexually repressed. And you're like, what the fuck? Oh, hold up. Like, you're dreaming you're about right. penises. And you're like, okay. And you're like, but, wait, I'm not everything can mean like, penises. So for, for me, I <laughs> think, I think those books are just, they're, they're pop psychology. They're yes. fun, but I don't, but I think if I were to dream about snakes, it just as an example, it would different. mean something very different to you if you dreamt about snakes. Um, I think everybody's symbols are unique to themselves. I, I also just happen to think that Lindsay and I not only have the same symbols, but the same feelings attached, about, to, yeah, those attached to those symbols. symbols. Yeah. I know like that additional layer for you yeah. too. Yeah. The emotional yeah. layer. I know, man, then, it's pretty incredible. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it, you're like, we're, we're pretty cool. Yeah, kind of cool. <laughs> we're pretty cool. Cool in normal life, but <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait, and speaking of being cool in normal life, um, if listeners <laughs> want to find you, follow you, how how do they do that? We're moving into the real estate realm as a duo, so I will say you can contact us if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Tennessee area. area. Email us at propertytwins at gmail.com. But please, only if it's relevant to real estate. Instagram as the property twins. Yeah. Y'all, I love this for you. This is very exciting. <laughs> will that house be haunted? Who knows? I don't know. But Stay if tuned is, to find make out. Friends, make friends make with friends the ghost children. <laughs> bringing it back around to the ghost boy. Yeah. Hope the ghost boy is doing okay. I bet he is. I think you helped him. I've been showing up in my dreams ever since. Though. You know what? I'll probably dream about him tonight. All right. So the Pfeiffer twins, thank you so thank you. much for sharing your experiences with us. They were fascinating. And I know that the listeners are going to love them. So thank, thank you. you. So I appreciate you both. Welcome. Thank you for inviting us. That's it for the show. Thank you again to my guests, the Pfeiffer twins. You are both brilliant, and it was delightful getting a window into your dream worlds. Do you have questions or a dream you want to share? Please drop me an email at psychemagicpodcast at gmail.com. That's psychemagic with a C at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail via the link in show notes. I'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at Psyche underscore magic. Psyche magic was produced, recorded, and edited by me, Jordan Hale. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Daniel Higby and Valerie Martin, as well as all of my amazing friends and family who have encouraged me to continue this work. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website, www.psychemagicpodcast.com. Psyche Magic is available via Anchor across all podcasting platforms. 
If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and feel free to leave us a review if you're so inclined. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. I'll catch you next time.